And we are live. It's up with the white and gold with he's GT, John Watts. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We're both from Impact Media. We're here to teach you all the things you need to know about the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and why they are going to win the national title this year. Isn't that right, John? Yeah, of course. Somebody's right there. <laughs> but no, this is our, one of our new shows from Impact Media where uh, we're, going to te- we're going to talk about all things Georgia Tech football. Um, I enjoy the media thing- side of things. Uh, he knows all things Georgia Tech. Uh, I know a lot of people that have went to Georgia Tech, but uh, John here actually somewhat graduated from there. Uh, well, I guess if you were there that day, you, you weren't quite so sure, but I have seen the-, the physical proof on the wall. You did graduate from Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, I mean, I got the diploma. I mean, because I didn't say my name, that's the main thing. I got that as fun. I mean, I spent those hard four years there. Don't yeah. for that. Exactly. Well, my connection to Georgia Tech is uh, being best friends with this guy and a lot of other people. I uh, had, had a lot of friends and family go there. But tell everybody about how you got into being a Georgia Tech fan. Oh, kind um, of going through um, high school. I kind of applied for a couple colleges. Um, I'm kind of growing up, I had been a, an FSU fan, but, you know, I was in at colleges and I applied to, you know, that other school in the state um, and, of course, got in, but then I really wanted to get into uh, Georgia Tech. And I applied that um, in uh, October, a uh, senior year of high school, and then ended up getting in in March, uh, so... Went ahead and uh, went in there, um, you know, studied there. So, you know, it's my alma mater. So, of course, I'm going to root for the school I went to. So, yeah. so from 2002 to 2006, you know, I was there rooting on people like Calvin Johnson. Um, some people, I mean, Joseph, Anawahi, which, you know, some people know him as Roman Reigns in the WWE. Chris Bosch, you know, in basketball. So, I mean, it's a couple of few people that, you know, were there. So, a lot of great um, athletes there, you know, that went on and had great careers. You know, good to be root for. So, you know, it was a great, great four years there. Oh, yeah, it was it was definitely a good time to be there. I mean, that as you said, uh, Joseph uh, Anna Wire, however, I've never been able to say their name, but uh, long before people acknowledged him, he, he was actually a pretty decent linebacker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's he's definitely a built athlete guy. Um, it was a good thing, so I mean, I could see why he went on to have a great career. WWE. That he uh, he definitely has. But we're going to start tonight by talking a little bit about last year and kind of catch a lot of people up. A lot of people are unaware that uh, even though the Jackets finished three and nine, which is not good. Not good at all. There's, there's just no better way to put that. Um, there were some positives from this team going forward. I mean, Jeff Collins is still the coach. Uh, I, I guess I could pose that question first. Uh, I, I'll kind of weigh in after you do. Uh, what are your thoughts of Jeff Collins as the coach, and is he the right coach for this team right now? I think, I mean, he comes in uh, you know, definitely with an attitude of 
know, the culture here and what we're wanting to do. Um, so as a team, as a, as a school, as a city, I think, I mean, he definitely has some right ideas on uh, where he wants to lead it. Um, it's just kind of having to weather the storm, as you say, um, depending on how long that might take. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we were three and nine. We've been three and nine for the last three years um, since he's been here. Um, been, a lot of things have changed over the years. I mean, going from you know, the spread offense that um, Paul Johnson had to I mean, having to bring in someone new and try to change things and see where we are, it's, it's kind of hard to do that. But, you know, like I said, uh, definitely the positives in the area. But I think, I mean, like I said, it's only been about three years, so I think if we can stick behind them and not give up yet, and still kind of wet, like they're weather storm, uh, we can kind of wrap the ship. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I hate putting a number on it, but do you, do you think maybe the number is, is maybe six or seven wins this year for him to maybe continue to be the coach? I mean, I would argue any time a new coach takes over, it takes you two to three years to kind of flush out the old system and, and those players and graduate them and the ones that transfer and kind of bring in and start recruiting your type players. Uh, do you feel like he's he's bringing in his type of players and, and do you think it's six or seven wins or is it got to be more than that? I think, I mean, what we've seen, I mean, six or seven wins something would be a good starting point for us to do that. Um, I mean, we have kind of consistency with that kind of year after year in the past. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, we want to get back to what we used to be, you know, national championship. But, I mean, things are a bit different than, you know, the days of John Heisman and um, those kind of areas, William Alexander, those kind of people. But, I mean, yeah, definitely seven, seven, six, seven wins each. I mean, definitely be an improvement. I mean, six wins double what we had last three years. Um, that, that was definitely a, a starting point. And if we can kind of keep it there, not like go back to the three-win season, you know, I think, I think we're good. Kind of kind of build on that and see where we go. Yep, and, and Tech fans, trust me, we are going to uh, – I wouldn't even say spin it positive because we're not going to spin things here. We're going to tell you about the positives. And one of the positive things going forward – uh, you got Jeff Sims as the quarterback. I believe he is returning. He threw for uh, almost 1,500 yards, had the 12 touchdowns, ended up with seven interceptions. But, um, you know, kind of in this system, uh, you know, maybe some of those wide receivers weren't quite the ones you needed in those positions. I'll give him some of those back. But, you know, in seven, seven games the starter, I believe, uh, he actually even ran for four touchdowns had about 70 carries and about 372 yards. So he had almost 2,000 yards between his arm and his legs. Uh, is he the guy going forward, or do you think maybe they try to give somebody else a shot? Um, well, I have seen uh, Jeff Collins' list. Um, right now we're sitting with three quarterbacks. Uh, two of them are red shirts. So Jeff is, is the guy. Um, he's a sophomore. So, I mean, he still has a good several years of eligibility. If he wants to stay, I know. But right now, he is our he is our guy. So I think we can stand behind him. And like you said, Andy already. I mean, he was third on the depth chart in rushing 
um, behind you know, Tamir Gibbs and Jordan Mason. But um, well, I think, yeah, he's definitely good for the system. And so I think right now he's what we got and we can get behind it. Well, and usually a young quarterback, you, you need a, a good tight end or wide receiver and you need a good run game behind you. We could get in the offensive line later, but uh, you mentioned Jameer Gibbs, who had 143 carries, 746 yards, four touchdowns. But in the offseason, he took a slight detour to Tuscaloosa, and he now wears the Crimson. So is it Mason who is going to step up and be that number one, or do they have anybody else in the depth chart for the running backs? Uh, well, Mason um, decided to go pro. Um, so oh. we don't have him. Um, for running back, we have a couple of registered juniors, uh, Dante Smith and Dylan Duffy. Um, but we did pick up a transfer from Louisville, uh, Hassan Hall. So he has his last year of eligibility play for us. So I mean, he's looking like he'll be our primary running back. Um, and so he'll be doubling as uh, running back, and he'll also be uh, looking at doing some kickoff returns. That could be good because uh, special teams is has not been a, a real strong point for uh, Tech or Georgia State, as as we can both attest to that. Um, <laughs> it seems like they 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 have a little bit of depth there. Um, obviously, Malachi Carter was the top wide receiver. Uh, he ended up with a couple touchdowns, 489 yards. That's not bad for college, but you you would think that those numbers would be a little higher. But it seems like. Georgia Tech kind of spreads the ball out. Who, what wideouts or tight ends do they have here that could hopefully help Jeff Sims develop? So, what we're looking at, uh, we do have um, about seven wide receivers right now. It's kind of that are ready to go. Um, we have uh, Nate McCollum, a sophomore. We still have Malachi Carter, who's a this year. Um, so, that would definitely be helping there. Um, got several red shirts. Um, DJ Jenkins, the red shirt senior, um, Malik Rutherford, uh, red shirt freshman. Um, we got Ryan King, who's a freshman. So we'll definitely have some areas there, um, some a little bit of depth there that are, would be ready to go. So I'm definitely looking at Malachi Carter, uh, Kalani Norris, who's a junior, um, probably where we'll, we'll definitely be a focus. Yeah, definitely so. And like I said, we mentioned the offensive line. I'm sure they've improved as well. Uh, I don't have the sack numbers in front of me or anything like that. But it seems like if the offensive line can hold, then maybe Jeff Sims can have a little bit of time to try to make some stuff happen. I know he can scramble a little bit. He seems to have some decent weapons, um, a lot of future engineers, it seems like. But uh, is is there anything that really stands out on this offense for you, or do you think it's going to be kind of all the, the cogs in the wheels here? I think definitely, I mean, kind of what we've seen in the past, you know, we do definitely, like you said, spread it around. Uh, you did kind of touch on our offensive line. Uh, I mean, the line is kind of well. Um, they're all freshmen and sophomores um, for what we have ready to go uh, from right there. But I think definitely, I mean, from, I mean, what, I mean, I mean Colin just said, I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're ready to go. This is who we trust. I'm um, ready to go against Clemson. Um, so, I mean, I think definitely uh, it'll be good. 
uh, it'll be interesting to see what we can do with this and how we're going to do it. Because, I mean, looking at his um, kind of chart he has, he's looking, um, he posts the offense at a kind of a spread style offense, what we're looking at do this year, so okay. it'll be it'll be good. They got different options. So then it'll be a good year. Yeah, it it'll be interesting to see what this offense does because the ACC is a little more open than I think people give it credit for. I think things are gonna spread out a little bit. But before we get into the defense, we're gonna take a quick short break. We're gonna tell you a little bit about our friends at betonline.net and we will come back and talk about the defense and the opening game for the Yellow Jackets. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline where the game starts. And we are back. It's up with the white and gold with he is GT John Watts. I am Jeremy the Impact York. We just talked about the offense. Uh, A little bit on the defense. Uh, It seems like this defense is probably going to be left left up to the leadership of Quez Jackson in the linebacker core and up front as uh, Jordan Dominic. Uh, kind of what do you know about those guys and what else is around? Well, uh, I know you mentioned Quez. Uh, Quez, unfortunately, did go pro um, in the off season. So, uh, the last December, he decided to go pro. So, we won't really have him around uh, to play. We're looking at... Um, be nice, be nice if he could. But just, sorry? You know, it'd be nice if he could, if he could play a little pro and still come back and play a little college. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, that'd be great. And we'll have it back. And he only he still had a couple of years of eligibility, but you know, what he wanted to do, and that's that's their choice. Though I mean, we'll let him go. And yeah, we still have some returning uh, people. I mean, looking at um, Charlie Thomas, Yende um, uh, Ely, they were you know top four in the stats last year for um, tackles. So we still have some um, there. We definitely have just still some depth for people who are ready to go. Um, we have, you know, five linebackers. We've got Nichols, a lot of safety, cornerbacks. So, I mean, it's fine. We definitely got uh, people there. So, but, I mean, I think we're kind of leaning, like I said, we'll lean on um, Charlie Thomas and Ian Day. They are the seniors um, for this group. So, like, that's where we'll look at. And yeah, I, I just I realized that, that that I need to update my information because Dominic, who was your sack leader last year, is a Razorback. So apparently, I messed that one up. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the offseason. 
like uh, I was saying, uh, Ajinde, uh, who we had last year, his dad, who used to coach uh, Alabama State until last year, um, is now one of our analysts. So we got a father-son kind of duo going there. And I just saw another defensive lineman is now in Coastal Carolina. So we will talk about we'll talk about Kyle Kennard, who who was the second biggest sack leader off the defensive line. He had a couple sacks. Uh, he he uh, he had some pretty good stats. If, they, if they're going to build the line around him with uh, Yonjuin, oh. he's still yeah Yonjuin's still there too. That's good. I guess I'm saying his name right. And uh, is it? Is it Chumetza? I guess TK Chumetza. There we go. It, it seems yeah. like that, that's going to anchor the front of the line. Uh, yep. What do you think they could actually do this year? Do you think they can get some pressure? All right, hockey there, buddy. There we go. Hold on. It logged out of the show. Or it, it logged the host out. We're still in. This is the fun part of, of weird internet connections and uh, and blog talk radio. So, okay, we're we back yet? We cool. Let's no, not, not whatever you're trying to do there. No, stop doing that. There we go. All right. Let me. Okay. Let me start by by resetting that question and then go from there. Okay. Uh, as soon as I remember what the question was. Uh, oh. Do you uh, about what do you think those uh, the the front line's going to do? Yeah. Go, go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, have, like I said, that's Kennard back. Um, he's a sophomore. And Yonjo, uh Jr., that was uh, good there. Uh, Chimeta, I mean, he's a redshirt. Um, so, I mean, we'll definitely have there. I mean, we have other, other areas there. We have um, Josh Robinson, Noah Collins, who are both sophomores like Kennard. Um, a couple other guys for defensive ends. And then, um, have uh, several other people I mean, available for defensive tackles. So I think uh, definitely going to sit there um, to help on, on defense. Um, definitely going to need it. Um, defense going to have to have a strong defense for the school like Clemson um, coming in off the bat. Preseason rank number four, so it's going to be a, it'll be a battle. So we'll definitely need them to stand strong. Yeah, and I'm just seeing that last year they had 33 total sacks, which I think was still better than the Atlanta Falcons. But uh, 33 in college is uh, is not going to get it done, especially uh, when you have people like Clemson and FSU and, and uh, others, NC State, to worry about in the ACC. Um, yeah, yeah it hurts losing people like Clez and uh, Wanye. And they have, and Clez had 102 tackles. Tackles and Johnny had 76 last year from losing those two of your top three guys. I'm difficult. 
Yeah, it it definitely is. I was trying to see if there was oh interceptions. They had ten. Wow, they 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 definitely need to up both of those numbers a little bit. Uh, you, you could get by with forty sacks, but uh, you you need at least I would say at least twenty interceptions to uh, do something in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you know, schools are going to be high pass, um, big big schools. Of what we're kind of expecting out here in Clemson, Miami, you know, FSU, they're, they're big, big on passing, so you know, some of these be able to work that on. Get some of those in there to help. And, and then we got to talk about special teams. Uh, you talked about possibly some of those running backs could be uh, the returners and things like that. I know Brent, is it Camiglia? Camiglia? Yes. He is the play, yeah. He is the place kicker. Uh, last season, he was seventy three point three percent, eleven for fifteen. His longest was thirty seven. I think he could probably kick longer than that, but he only got fifteen attempts at a field goal, which kind of tells you where the offense kind of lies. Where it it seemed to stall, and he was just it was too far out for him to try some of these. I think. Yeah, definitely. That's probably why he's not on the chart. Um, if he's still there. Um, I'm not sure where he's at, but he's uh, – Collins does not have him on the chart um, to be ready to go. Uh, place kicker is one with him. He's a sophomore. And uh, we had two Kelly with a freshman. Wow, there you go. I say according to the ESPN app I'm looking at, he's still on the team, but uh, maybe he picked up an injury or uh, Collins just had enough. Yeah, Um Collins is kind of a different kind of person. He doesn't believe in depth charts. Um, mm. So he basically says, are you ready to go or are you not ready to go? And what he calls you either above the line or you're not above the line. And conveniently above the line, the initials are ATL. So that's wow. what we look at. But, yeah. Who's ready to be able to play against Clemson? If you're not on the chart, you're not playing. I, I guess I have found the chart because, yeah, you got Aiden Beer that you said, Jude Kelly, Gavin Stewart. They're, yeah, they're all listed on here. I, I don't see uh, Semiglia. Maybe maybe uh, he decided to sell insurance or something. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But it uh, looks like David Shanahan is going to be your punter. He is a sophomore. Okay. Looks like a good kid. All right. What did he do yeah, last year? He had 61 punts for almost for over 2,500 yards, and uh, he netted about 36. So that's those are solid numbers. I mean, for probably the most overworked person on the team last year, and that's not a dig at the team. That's uh, that's just he got a lot of work last year because uh, they were more in punting situations than they were kicking situations. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was the only guy who punted last year, so I mean. We definitely trusted him to kind of keep it going forward. Um, I mean, we don't know if um, – I mean, like I said, he's played all 12 games. But, uh, I mean, we kind of expect him there. Like I said, we do have a regular freshman if needed, but Tannehill will probably definitely be the guy. And he may uh, become one of my new favorite people on the team. He is from Castle Island, Ireland. 
there's something. And, of course, as I like to do, people that follow me with Georgia State stuff know I like to tell you the punters, the kickers, and I definitely like to tell you the long snappers. Looks like it's either going to be Cade Long or Henry Freer. This is probably the only Georgia Tech podcast, probably the only podcast in general, unless they do one, that mentions Henry Freer and Cade Long. But um, they look to be about the same size. They look to be about the same weight and everything. Uh, Henry is a freshman. Oh, out of College Park? Okay, that's not far down the road. Where is Cade from? Cade is a junior from Hickson, Tennessee. I think I've been there. Uh, do you know anything about these guys? And uh, do you kind of agree with me that the long snapper kind of helps make the special teams work? Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Kind of definitely someone you down need there. Um, I don't really have a whole lot on these. They're both red shirts. Um, so not a whole lot of experience here uh, in the game, but they're the only two who are ready to go, so someone's about to be a red shirt. Um, but I mean, I think definitely whoever will be good. Then Jeff, Jeff Collins trust, and both of them will be ready to do this. So I think one or the other will be good. Um, that is, I feel we'll definitely need it. So that's <laughs> kicking and punting. We definitely need. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I hope I hope the punter is not the the busiest guy on the team this year. But uh, I like this I like this Jeff Collins thing you're saying about you're either in or out. There is no gray area. There's like, well, he might be ready or he may not. It's like, no, you're either you're either on the bus or you're back or you're back in the locker room. Yep. Now, of course, uh, their kickoff game is actually this coming Monday. It's Labor Day. So as uh, after you guys eat some good food, see some family, and uh, uh, you know pay homage to to uh, all the people that that uh, make the world work for Labor Day, uh, it's a, it's part of the Chick Fil A kickoff. I'm not sure how in the world I will say that out loud. How in the world Georgia Tech gets a feature Monday night primetime game to start the season? Uh, I really don't – you could say it's because they're playing Clemson, but I they just got luck of the draw here. You're going to be the only game on. You're going to be on ESPN, and you're going to be facing the number four-ranked Clemson Tigers. I, I, there's not much of a bigger game you can start with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of these schools, you know, they like to start off easy and just like Florida State play you came and ran over them. A lot of them do that, but just got it scheduled. And like I said, I mean, it's – that puts you right in the spotlight. It's a Monday night. It's what is it, ESPN playing a big school who is our interconference rival. Uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely puts you in the spotlight. It's a way to start the season. So, I mean, if you start out bad and look bad on national TV, it's a rough season. Hopefully, yeah, and- hopefully it's not. Go ahead. I would say I hope it's not bad. I mean, year to year, us against Clemson, it's it could be either way. It could be close. It could be really, really, really not close. And so, just hopefully, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I want to say I hope they're ready to go. What is the Chick Fil A kickoff? There it is. The Chick Fil A kickoff. Yeah, that game is going to be in Mercedes Benz Stadium. That's wow. Tickets as low as forty eight bucks. So. If you are so inclined to to want to attend this game, guys, it's only forty eight bucks for I, I would imagine top 
top tickets, but that that could be lower bowl. That's that's not bad to to go see Clemson and Georgia Tech on a Monday night. I'm definitely not bad. I mean, my regular season tickets aren't much lower than that. And I was just thinking that to sit in the upper bowl to see the Falcons play is like forty eight bucks. So and and that's on the low end. So I mean, you know, you could go see the Falcons, or you could go see. Georgia Tech, Clemson. I, I, I kind of would favor this game. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't say much. I've never been to the NFL game, so I don't really know what to compare it to. But I would always rather. I mean, it's my alma mater, so definitely, I'd rather go. I definitely see them. But definitely need to kind of go back at some point. I haven't seen a yep. game since. Haven't seen a game, a live game, in was sixteen years now. Uh, yeah, I think I've actually been to a Georgia Tech game in the time you have. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I, I would have been. Gosh, I went to Georgia at Georgia Tech maybe ten years ago. That sounds right. Something like that. But you know, freezing over the schedule, looking at things like that. There, there are winnable games, and if this team. I think this team can get right around six, seven wins or better. And, you know, before we get out of here, the main thing I brought up to you that, that you know, I, I think this, this is something we're going to do each week. And like I said, we're not really sugarcoating this, but I've thought about this all day long. I very much think that there is a plan where Georgia Tech can win this game against Clemson. I think it's going to have a lot. Here's my take on it at least. I think Clemson is not the fourth best team in college. Now, are they probably a top 20, top 25? It's possible. But they are usually slow out of the gate. Trevor Lawrence stopped playing there a couple years ago. Uwanga Lele, or however you want to say his name, I've heard it about a dozen different ways. I don't know that he can be a good college quarterback. He He has a lot of faults. A couple years ago, he didn't want to be mobile like like Trevor Lawrence was. He didn't want to uh, – like after the first reads, he, he kind of got in a – it looked like a panicky mode. And they lost a lot of people to the draft just like almost – you know, just like the Georgias, just like the Alabamas do. They lose players whether they win or lose or not. And I just feel like that if Tech can, can be methodical and kind of – to put it in fighter terms, if they can dance around and just kind of pick their shots, I, I think Jeff Sims can, can find Malachi Carter up the sideline. I, I think, uh, you know, I think Quez Jackson and, and Jordan – or uh, Quez Jackson can can uh, keep the linebacking core spread out and pick their shots as well. And, and the way I think Georgia Tech can win this is by being safe but picking your shots to be aggressive. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, first, uh, I need to correct you again. You mentioned Clay Jackson. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we've got to definitely come into an understanding that I mean, who we're playing against. Don't don't get that above your head. Don't like think, oh my God, we're playing this top, really top tier team, even though you are. Um, keep your mindset. Um, don't make stupid mistakes. Um, don't shoot ourselves in the foot, as you say. Um, we have been problems with that in years past. Uh, yeah, I mean, connect. 
stay in the game, keep ahead of the game. Yeah, like I said, there's definitely a chance there. I mean, it's always a, a chance there to do it. I mean, and then probably no. I mean, Clemson may be coming in looking at us like, oh, here's a three and three and nineteen again. It'll be easy. Um, and we've shown people in the past it, but it's not always the case. Looking like you know, the miracle on Texas when we beat Florida State. Um, I was going to say, so. you know, that I think there is a chance to. Yeah, I think if we could, if we could do the uh, the three keys to the game. I, I think to echo uh, what you said there too is uh, number one, limit the mistakes. You know, don't throw interceptions. Let's not you know hang on the ball. Let's uh, try to make good choices. Uh, number two, like you said, I, I think don't don't let the don't let the pedigree of the opponent dictate how you play. Like you said, it should just be like, hey, we're playing against a good team. We're a good team. We, we should go in there and, and just go toe-to-toe with them instead of going, oh, gosh, and getting starstruck that this is the Clemson Tigers because they haven't had the world's best last 24 months either. They've been a little down. But uh, And then third, I think they should just go out there and, and have fun and remember that they're representing one of the more – prestigious universities in in uh, not just the state but but in the in the nation and in the world people from all over the world come to Georgia Tech to further their education and uh, a lot of them come from all across the world to play for this team so you know they got to remember what it's like to be up with the white and gold I mean that's definitely the thing I mean, when you when you get on campus the things they start out I mean, within minutes of being on the campus you're hearing the, the, the traditions of the fight songs, the, of course, you know, the UGA jokes. But, you know, things <laughs> that, you know, are, <laughs> are traditional. It's what it is. You're there. And it's, you can envelop in what it means to be up with the white and gold and down with the red and black. Exactly. But uh, I think we gave everybody the keys to victory there. It's going to be a fun game on Monday night. Um Depending on how things work out, maybe we uh, we watch the game and tweet along with it. Maybe we don't, we don't know yet. We don't know what the schedules are going to look like on Monday, but uh, right. uh, yeah. If so, we'll, we'll we'll let you guys know, of course. But uh, there there you go. There's debut episode of Up with the White and Gold. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're we're definitely going to continue to do things like this. Like I said, looking at the looking at the schedule, there's there's going to be some fun games coming up. I'm watching. I'm watching um, Pittsburgh play right now on television against West Virginia, and I, I would I would say that I would say Georgia Tech could hang with this Pitt team. I'm watching. Uh, that's good because Pitt has shown up in the last couple of years. Uh, I'd be uh, good in that, that Pitt West Virginia. That's always a good little battle there. So that was exactly. Well, any closing remarks? Anything you want to leave anybody with? No, I think I was going to cover uh, everything. We're good to go. Um, I said it's going to be good. It's good Monday night game. Kind of watch and kind of see. Huh. I know I don't want to work that day, so it's a good day to prepare for that game. Um, let's see how the rest of the week's going to go. We know how that game goes. Yeah, I, I just remembered uh, something we're both going to be doing right around that time. So that, that should be fun. We'll be uh, multitasking. 
Yeah, no, I would have Yep. But he's GT John Watts. Yes, that is his actual nickname. I'm not just calling that because it's the show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. This has been the debut episode of Up with the White and Gold. Go Jackets.